0: Hello and welcome. This is 21. Episode 5.5, Inspiration. Welcome back to 21, everybody. Last week, we concluded our visit to the fifth wonder on our list, the Great Pyramid of Giza. The massive megalithic structure has held the world in awe and respect since its completion more than 4,000 years ago. But as impressive as the Great Pyramid is, it is far from the only pyramid constructed in early Egyptian history. There were, in fact, two other large, impressive pyramids constructed before the Great Pyramid. Both of these pyramids are smaller than the Great Pyramid of Giza. Pretty much every other pyramid in the world is. But these pyramids are unique in their own ways. As you may have guessed by their names we mentioned last week, they were built slightly different than the pyramids of the Giza Plateau. Those pyramids had smooth sides and were very straight. The Step Pyramid and the Bent Pyramid might not be as aesthetically pleasing as the pyramids of the Giza Plateau, but that does not mean that they are not impressive feats of engineering and architecture. The older of the two, and one of the oldest pyramids in the world, is the Step Pyramid of Djoser at Saqqara. We touched on this pyramid briefly a few weeks ago when we introduced the Great Pyramid. We didn't go into any of the details about the pyramid itself there, because we're going to do that here now. As usual, it started with a king. Pharaoh Djoser was the second king of the third dynasty of the Old Kingdom of Egypt, we know very little facts about the reign of Joser. He was thought to be one of the sons of the last king of the second dynasty of the old kingdom, Pharaoh Kasekimwi. His mother was Queen Nimatap, and his wife was probably his half-sister, Hetephrnipti. Family marriages like that were common in ancient Egypt. It ensured that the successors of the pharaoh would have as much royal blood as possible, giving them the strongest claim to the throne. It is believed that Josser succeeded his brother, Senakat to the throne. But this proposal is disputed because Senakat appears very seldomly in the historical record. There is no doubt about Josser, though. He was an ambitious pharaoh who constructed numerous monuments, complexes, and of course, his famous step Pyramid. But what separated Josser from the pharaohs before him was that he was the first pharaoh to attempt to build his projects out of stone rather than mud or clay. Up until then, clay and mud were the usual construction materials in Egypt. But Josser wanted something that would not only last longer, but look prettier. The length of his reign is the only thing about his reign that we are unsure of today. It was originally thought that he reigned for about 20 years, but considering how many monuments he ordered and were constructed, some historians believe that his reign was longer, closer to 30 years. However long his reign, Josser was one of the most well-liked and respected pharaohs in Egyptian history. More than 2,000 years after he died, during the Potomac dynasty of the 1st century B.C., the Egyptians erected what is called the Famine Stella. As we mentioned briefly a few episodes before, Stella were usually erected to tell a story. This Stella tells the story of how Josser saved the Egyptians from a famine by restoring the temple of the god of the Nile, Khnumun. Once his temple was restored the god of the Nile returned the Nile to its usual self, thus saving the Egyptian people from drought and starvation. Despite the obvious numerous other accomplishments of his reign, the one that had the longest lasting effect on the Egyptian civilization, and thus the world, was his tomb at Saqqara. Unlike the Great Pyramid of Giza, the construction of the Steppe Pyramid did not go nearly as smoothly. In fact, it occurred through several stages throughout Jocer's reign. Imhotep, the vizier of Djoser and the architect behind the Steppe Pyramid, came up with the idea of stacking mastaba tombs on top of each other, progressively getting smaller to form what would become the Steppe Pyramid. As we also discussed a few episodes ago, mastaba tombs were a rectangularly shaped funeral structure built over a tomb which would be underground. The first mastaba that Imhotep designed was 6 meters, or 20 feet tall, off the ground. But Djoser was unimpressed by this and wanted to go higher. The original mastaba was also originally square rather than the usual rectangle. Why Imhotep made this change we will never know. Perhaps he knew that square shapes were easier to build pyramids with than rectangular, or that they were more aesthetically pleasing. Perhaps he just wanted to signify that Djoser's mastaba was different than the rest of the tombs in Egypt. Nothing says different or important more than going away from the status quo. Either way, what Imhotep and Djoser came up with would serve as the inspiration for the greatest construction project in the known world. Egyptologist Miroslav Werner describes how the tomb went from a traditional mastaba to a pyramid a simple but effective construction method was used. The masonry was laid not vertically, but in courses inclined toward the middle of the pyramid, thus significantly increasing its structural stability. The basic material used was limestone blocks, whose form resembled that of large bricks of clay." End quote. As the pyramid grew higher and higher. Imhotep began preparing the burial chamber for the pharaoh. As we saw with the tomb of Queen Meresankh, traditional mastabas for members of the royal family were decorated elaborately. This was a tradition that went back as far as we know of and continued all the way up to the decline of Egypt in the first century BC. It is highly possible that Queen Cleopatra, the last queen of Egypt wherever her tomb lies, is decorated the same as the pharaohs of old. Now, whether or not she's buried there is a whole different question. But what made the tomb of Djoser so different from the other Mastaba tombs in Egypt at the time was that his tomb was made of stone. The engravings and decorations were no longer carved into mud and clay as they were on the tombs of old. This was the dawning of a new era in Egyptian construction. Historian Mark van der made this comment about the Step Pyramid at Saqqara, Quote, Imhotep replaced in stone what had previously built of other materials. The facade of the enclosure wall had the same nine inches as the tombs of mud brick. The columns resembled bundles of reed and papyrus, and stone cylinders at the inlets of doorways represented rolled-up reed screens. Much experimentation was involved, which is especially clear in the construction of the pyramid in the center of the complex. It had several plans with Mastaba forms before it became the first step pyramid in history, piling six Mastaba-like levels on top of one another. The weight of the enormous mass was a challenge to the builders, who placed the stones at an inward incline in order to prevent the monument from breaking up. End quote. Now, not having the step pyramid collapse was a major concern, but the Egyptians already were demonstrating their knowledge of geometry and architecture. The completed Steppe Pyramid was the tallest building in the world. It rose to a height of 62 meters or 204 feet high. That is a really tall structure, but it gets dwarfed by the Great Pyramid which is more than double its height. But for the first major pyramid built in Egypt, the Steppe Pyramid was not only a success, but it was better than anyone could have imagined. The step Pyramid was also accompanied by a magnificent temple complex surrounding it as well. The complex itself was so massive, it was larger than a number of Egyptian cities at the time. The pyramid complex around the step Pyramid was so impressive that Pharaoh Josser did something unprecedented. On the monument in the compound which bore his name, he also had Imhotep's name inscribed there as well. This was almost unheard of in ancient Egypt, and the ancient known world for that matter. A king putting his name, along with someone who worked for him, on the same monument, was unheard of. But honestly, it's nothing less than Imhotep deserved. Josser thanked and acknowledged him in a way that no other architect in the ancient world received. Now the tomb of the pharaoh, which was the most important part of the Step Pyramid, resembled a traditional mastaba tomb. The burial chamber was dug under the pyramid itself, with a labyrinth of passageways, corridors and dead ends to protect the pharaoh and his treasure from grave robbers. Historian Margaret Bunsen describes the passageways and the burial chamber of the Step Pyramid, the subterranean passages and chambers were adorned with fine reliefs and with blue fiancé tiles made to resemble the matted curtains of the royal residence at Memphis. The great shaft of the structure, leading to the burial chamber, was 92 feet long. The chamber at the bottom was 13 feet high, encased in granite. A granite plug sealed the passageway to the actual tomb mazes were also incorporated into the design in order to foil potential robbers." End quote. Of all the reliefs, treasures, and colors of the burial passageways and chambers of Djoser, one of the most interesting things found in the Step Pyramid was over 40,000 stone vessels or containers. These vessels were made out of a variety of different stone, were all shapes and sizes, and had the names of previous kings and non-royal personnel inscribed on them. No one is sure today why these vessels were even in the Steppe Pyramid or what their purpose was. Some historians think that these vessels were another attempt to thwart grave robbers. But whatever their purpose was, as with the majority of Egyptian tombs, grave robbers eventually found their way into the Steppe Pyramid and into the burial chamber of Djoser. However, unlike the Great Pyramid, they did not clean it out completely. When archaeologists entered the burial chamber themselves thousands of years later, they found part of the pharaoh's mummified foot, as well as some minor treasures that the grave robbers had decided was not worth the effort. These treasures didn't amount to much monetarily, but they were still an incredible archaeological find. The Step Pyramid is massive and impressive. And the complex surrounding it is that much more so. No wonder Pharaoh Khufu wanted to find a different site than Saqqara for his pyramid complex. What also made the pyramid complex surrounding the Step Pyramid so alluring was that it was right outside the current capital city of Memphis. This close access to the capital showed the importance of the site And that even after his death, the pharaoh was still an important figure. The step pyramid was the first major pyramid built, possibly in the world, but definitely in Egyptian history. The second was built by Khufu's father, Sneferu. It is also unique among pyramids. It's unique because of the bizarre shape that the pyramid took as it was being constructed. This pyramid is known to us today as the Bent Pyramid. Pharaoh Sneferu was the first king of the fourth dynasty of Egyptian kings. We do not know much about his reign. One thing that we do know is that he frequently raided south into Nubia and made off with vast amounts of treasure. It's possible that he used this treasure to pay for his pyramid. We also know that from the extensive royal tombs surrounding both his pyramid and the pyramid of his son and grandson, that members of the immediate family were given important royal positions. This was not unusual in the ancient world. If members of your family held the majority of positions of power in the empire, then there was hopefully less of a chance that they would betray you. This was certainly not a guarantee, but chances did grow in your favor. But by far his most impressive and longest-lasting contribution as pharaoh was his construction of his pyramid. He wanted to continue the development of pyramid construction based off the Steppe Pyramid. But he also knew that he had to pick a different site from where the Steppe Pyramid and its complex was. So Sneferu chose Dashur, a site 24 miles south up the Nile from modern-day Cairo. Construction of this pyramid began around 2600 BC. But an interesting fact about the Bent Pyramid is that it was not the first attempt at a pyramid that Sneferu had made. The first attempt had collapsed during construction. Little facts like this remind us that while the Egyptians were brilliant architects and designers and builders, they were far from perfect. They did fail. But something that I was wondering when I first was reading about the Bent Pyramid was why it was called that. Like what about it was bent? And then I saw some pictures of it and I understood. For reference I put some pictures of both the bent and the step pyramids up on the website. But what gives the Bent Pyramid its name is the fact that the angle of incline of the sides of the pyramid changes about a third of the way up the pyramid. The Bent Pyramid is a limestone pyramid, just like the pyramids that followed it. It also was the first pyramid in Egypt with smooth, limestone sides. And unlike the pyramids of the Giza Plateau, the Bent Pyramid has mostly retained its smooth-walled sides. When it was completed, the Bent Pyramid stood about 105 meters or 344 feet tall the angle of incline changes about 49 meters or 160 feet up the sides of the pyramid. The angle changed from about 54 degrees to 43 degrees, thus giving it this bent look. The change was made to avoid collapse. This, after all, was Sneferu's second attempt at a pyramid. And as the construction continued... The builders and architects became worried that this pyramid too would collapse, as they noticed signs of weakness in the building. But changing the angle to a steeper angle of incline obviously worked. The Bent Pyramid is still standing in Dashur today. The Bent Pyramid is one of the more confusing pyramids for archaeologists though. The pyramid itself has two entrances, one on the north side leads to a chamber that is underground, and the entrance itself is at ground level. A western entrance leads to a chamber at the heart of the pyramid itself, and the entrance is further up the side of the pyramid, like the Great Pyramid of Giza. Inside the Bent Pyramid, there are some of the most exquisite reliefs of the time. But archaeologists wonder if they have found all of the chambers inside the Bent Pyramid similarly to the way they feel about the Great Pyramid of Giza. When archaeologists began to study and explore the Bent Pyramid, they did not know about the western entrance. It was walled up, just like some vents that they discovered. Only through careful examination and study were scientists able to uncover these walled-up entrances. Knowing that these were walled up have archaeologists wondering if there are in fact other chambers, passageways, or vents that have also been walled up inside the pyramid. Perhaps the tomb and the treasure and the pharaoh himself still reside in the bent pyramid of Dashur. Both the step pyramid of Josur at Saqqara and the bent pyramid of Sneferu at Dashur were some of the earliest pyramids not just in Egypt but in the world. They were and still are, two of the biggest pyramids in Egypt to this day. And they both undoubtedly served as the inspiration for what would become one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and kicked off a tradition of magnificent burial grounds for pharaohs that would last for more than 2,000 years. Before we go this week, though, I have two things that I need to mention. First off, I want to thank all of you who listen to the show each week. I don't do that often enough, and I apologize for that. We just recently passed 500 listens, and there are over 80 of you who listen to this show each week. So again, I want to thank all of you very much for listening. I really enjoy producing this show each week, and I am glad that there are a good number of you out there who enjoy listening to it. But if you guys know anyone else that you can think who would enjoy this show... Please let them know, spread the word. I know this show was still newish in the world of podcasting, so I need your help to get the word out. And I want to thank you all in advance for helping me with this. I greatly appreciate it. The second thing is that I will be taking off for the next 2 weeks. I will be going on vacation with Mrs. 21, and rather than rush through my research and hurriedly put an episode together, I'd rather take my time and do it right especially since we'll be moving on to the sixth wonder on our list when we come back. The majority of the research that I do for each wonder comes right before the first episode, so frankly it's just too much for me to try and cram in all my reading before we go. But when I come back, we will pick up with the next wonder on our list. For this wonder, we will be leaving the known world of Mesopotamia and the Mediterranean behind, This is one of the coolest facts about the ancient world. It is not limited to one people or one specific area, but I am super excited about this next wonder. It also has to do with the burial of a king, but this next wonder is truly one of a kind. It holds a unique place in history. For the most part, it remains undisturbed to this day. So come back in two weeks when we begin our examination of the one and only Army of the Dead.